This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. No Captain Ron today. He's out flying drones. Robert, he's out uh, doing uh, construction work. Installations. Yeah, I call it construction work. Yeah, installations. That's and uh, right. Otto is uh, staggered back in the Christmas decoration. It's been a big room. night for Otto. Uh, Otto's, I think, had a long night. <laughs> a long night. That's what I think. But the dogs are here. We're all good. And uh, Welcome to 601. 601. <laughs> I just want to say real quick, appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers. Mm, yep. Right out of the gate. Very sweet. Thank you. Um, the uh, show today is a mix of football and golf and other things like Ron Green Jr. of Global Golf Post. Makes his debut. He's a member of the club, right? Yeah. He's a member of the club. And dad, so, dad, one of the great writers. Oh, my God. Period. End Not of even, story. Yes. End of debate. End of debate. Uh, of Global Golf Post, who does a marvelous job. He'll join us from Augusta. Oh, oh, we could, oh, Mr. Packer. We, we couldn't quite make it, oh. so we found somebody that could. <laughs> oh, Mr. Packer. And if Ron is coming to us on a cell phone, he'll be coming to us on a cell phone well off the property, well away from the grounds. Well, I got a story about that. I know you do. With Jim uh, Nance. Well, we, we almost, I almost ended Jim Nance's broadcasting career. In Augusta. <laughs> for life. Yeah, that, right. That $2,000 trillion deal he signed with CBS could have been nothing. Yeah. Be one more minute on the cell phone doing a live interview for the 18th been, Tower. That'd have been the it. old WFNZ days. It was just about the end of the Jim Nance yeah. career. Yeah. It's almost. funny when I saw, uh, saw Sean McManus on Friday, he did not indicate that you almost ended Nancy's career. I Neither did Jim, but I, otherwise. That's about a 30 minute story. Yeah. It's a classic. We don't, maybe we got time for that tomorrow. Well, we'll see. Round one starts. Assuming we're back. Uh, Mike Norvell will be here 8 30. Uh, Dave Doran, 9.30. Both have spring games this week. That's right. Everybody does, seems like. Yeah, a lot yeah. of I mean, we got Saturday, six. Uh, six. <laughs> some live, some tape delay. If you need your football fix, we got you covered. Oh, we're your spot now, now from 11 a.m. to about 11 p.m. Saturday is going to be a great day. Uh, Kayla Trainer is the women's lacrosse coach. She's been with us before. Yep, she has. And she'll join us at, uh, at 8.45. They got number one North Carolina this weekend. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, that's right, that's Mark, it. Mark. Exactly what they got. We it's didn't big. see Crimmins. No. Nope. And he was there in uh, New I Orleans. I know. How did we not get Crimmins on? Well, we had Passner. We had Crimmins 2 <laughs> Well, we had so many guests, but I didn't even see him walk in the streets, which is I, more surprising. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, New Orleans. You know, with Kenny Anderson hit a shot there to beat Michigan State, Mark. Yeah. So, all right. I uh, got – Several things to go over here at the front end. I, I want you to pay attention now because I got some information for you. All right. Um, people watched Monday night's title game. It's the most viewed NCAA men's tournament title game on cable television. 18.1 million, a 4% increase over last year. With you, Baylor and Gonzaga on CBS. You know what's ironic about that number? That's eighteen point one million more than watch this show. That's which is amazing that the number exactly is incredibly right. similar. It's exactly right. Uh, third time the championship game's been exclusively on Turner. First time was two thousand eighteen. Saturday's semifinal matchup averaged eighteen and a half million. Duke Carolina. Uh, that's second. The two thousand fifteen semifinal, Wisconsin Kentucky. Had twenty two point six million. 
Remember, that was undefeated Kentucky and Wisconsin. Yep. So. Uh, Neither so, one won the national title that year. Right. So let me ask you this. Is that number enough in your world to measure any enthusiasm about college basketball beyond those matchups? No, people – college basketball is incredibly healthy in March. People in this country pay attention to college basketball right. in March. It's November, December, My January. My concern for the sport is yeah. what do you do to get people interested in November, December, January, and February? Right, okay. Now – you know, listen, junkies like us, yeah. we're watching games, right? We're talking about not only here, Sirius XM, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So I, I kind of feel like we're in the, the vast minority mm. from that perspective. And I think college football and the NFL have never been stronger. Football in general has never been more popular. Right. Whether people are playing fancy sports, gambling on it, going to game, whatever. Right. People can't get enough of football. And that becomes a basketball problem because – College hoops, and that's what we're talking about, mm. I think, in my opinion, gets lost. I agree. In November, in December, and now a vast majority of January, given the fact the Super Bowl has been pushed back another week, uh, the college football playoff, people get absolutely jazzed on. Of course, it has a trickle-down effect on the other bowls. That's a separate issue. Right. But I think college basketball really needs to think about its footprint. I, I think the viewing habits of our country – are totally different now yeah. than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. This little thing right here has changed the world in, yeah. in many respects as far as how you view sports. But I think college basketball in March is always healthy. Mm -hmm. People have their brackets. They're gambling. They're now paying attention. Who is Murray State? Why do I have them going to the Sweet 16? Whatever the case may be. You know, right. Who is St. Peter? I mean, people get into college hoops because they've got a bracket. Yeah. Now it matters. But I think college basketball needs to take a step back and kind of not necessarily reinvent the wheel, mm -hmm. but kind of understand the landscape of when people are paying attention to the sport. Yeah, The games were great in March. I mean, we were thoroughly entertained with the product on the court. I mean, the, the championship numbers are solid. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not Larry Bird, Magic Johnson 79, which was the largest ever. That was 79. We're not getting to that again. Sorry. No, because – Cable was not as prominent right. in 1979. The world was different. Right. Everything about the, what we're talking about was different. And they had those red jackets on that night. Billy was wearing those red coats yeah. with Dick yeah. Enberg in Salt Lake. 43 years ago. Yeah. That's a different universe. So I, I, you know, I'm happy that the numbers were good. Uh -huh. and I'm not surprised. But March delivers for college basketball. Yeah. What I'm concerned about is that the sport has been dwindled to three or four weeks. That is that. my concern with college basketball. No, no, I'm with you on that. I think we share that common thought that that America's focus on college basketball begin, and that's why we've talked about the Jawan Howard Greg Guard handshake. That was the first thing most of America saw about college basketball or paid attention to. Yeah, in terms of a controversy, what's going on here? Right. Give me the backstory. How's the sport going? Yeah. yeah. Are these teams good? I mean, there are a lot of. I mean, right. I, I can just tell you by doing the afternoon radio show. Uh, on a national platform on Sirius XM West, the amount of interest, yeah. and I've always found it, I go back to my old show notes, the amount of interest in college basketball is wrong, as calls, general discussions, yeah. has dwindled drastically mm -hmm. since I started doing that 10 years, 11 years ago, yeah. versus where we are now. Now, we get to March, man, people are all in. Yeah. They can't wait to talk about whether Blue Bloods, Elites, or Cinderella's. Yeah. So I, I think that is a concern for college hoops. All right. Now, 
Here was another concern out of Monday night's title game. that You're going to love this. Um, the floor inside the Superdome. So Armando Baycott re-injured his ankle on a drive to the basket. So yesterday, okay, uh, I want to get the name right, Jeff Kreja, Vice President of Marketing and Strategy for Connor Sports, who manufactures the Final Four court, issued a statement, Mark. Quote, Did he congratulate Kansas City Jayhawks? No. Oh, good. That no. means he's more competent than the president okay. of the NCAA. Here's the quote from Jeff. The court's absorption characteristics are by design. There were no loose floorboards or panels within the court as confirmed by an expert technician who was present at every game of the men's Final Four to ensure the quality and safety of the floor. The quote continues. The championship floor, as is all the floors, is a panel system engineered for athlete safety and comfort, achieved by its ability to absorb impact, forces an athlete jumps, or pivots abruptly, Krasia said, while ensuring, while also ensuring that other players nearby are not negatively affected. Well, what did you expect him to say? <laughs> hey, our floor caused the guy to turn his ankle? I mean, the floor moved. I mean, uh, we watched it. Hmm? Now, if he wants to take up for his product, I got no problem with that. I mean, that's what I he's would paid too. to do. That's what you're paid to do. You're the you're right. the vice president of um, Connors, whatever. Uh, Connor Sports. You're the vice president of marketing and strategy. Yeah, I mean, great. <clears throat> but you know, it was it had no determinant as far as who won the game. Kansas right. won the basketball. That's right. All right. So nobody's sitting there going, "Well, the right. reason we lost is because no, 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 no." Yeah, it's got nothing to do with it. But um, you know, Baycott's ankle uh, was in certainly worse shape. And, you know, you turn in your ankle. I mean, listen, Caleb Love turned his ankle. Right. It's part of sport. That's it. But the floor moved. Yeah. Now, I wasn't aware they're designed to move. I mean, there may be a cushioning system and all that stuff that to the naked eye, we don't see the floor <clears throat> actually move, but the floor moved. Yeah. So, I, I, whatever. Whatever makes you happy with that. I think we're all used to the give of certain floors, right? And they do. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Smith Center was built, remember, and they talked right. about the springs. Right. And right. Everybody thought everybody was going to be able to jump over backboards. Obviously didn't. But that being said, as you said, it's still an elevated, portable mechanism right. in a dome. Right. So it's not full of ourselves. Right. So I mean, it's a shame it happened. Because Absolutely. Because Baycott but, you know, did a great job all tournament long, all season long. I also think it's interesting that Connor Sports had to issue a statement approved by everybody to dispel whatever was out there. But, you know, when, when I told you yesterday, mm -hmm. watching the game Monday night, when that play happened. The floor moved. I, I thought the floor moved. And yeah. I was like, well, maybe it was just an optical illusion with the lights. And, you know, sometimes. So replayed you, it in the floor moved. And then you see the replay, you're like, well, doggone, the floor moved. Yeah. I mean, it really did. But apparently but, that was the absorption characteristic. I, I didn't see that happen the rest of the night anywhere else in the court. Did you? No. So maybe – I, again, I, we're maybe not, that was the unique absorption characteristic. I mean, that one spot certainly moved. Now, yeah. I don't know about the rest of the floor because, like right. I said, I didn't see anybody else slip sliding away. But uh, it's a shame it happened to Armando because he was playing so well. Yeah. But All a right. great game. So great there game. we go. I'm glad That's, we had 18.1 million people watching. That's a beautiful uh, thing. There's some other transactive news. We'll get to it as we move through the three-hour tour here this morning. Um, we are going to do something here today that um, 
I think is is fun to do, and it's a, a unique activity, and it challenges the ACC fan. And we've put some of it out on social media, and some of you have been kind to respond. And that is, what one sentence describes your team's basketball season? What one sentence that describes your team's hoop season? Good or bad? Absolutely. Not everybody's cutting nets down. <laughs> Not everybody gets a particip- no. everybody gets a participation ribbon, but not everybody gets accolades in the one sentence. Right. So you're sitting there in the bottom third right. of the league. You want to make a comment? You yeah. certainly can. You have one sentence and one sentence only to get yeah. it right. Um, we let- don't need a dissertation. We don't need a novel. We don't need any thesis or theories. Just one sentence. Yeah. And if you're really smart, you can do it in one word. That, we can. But let's start with the sentences. Okay. Uh, at Bay at Blaze Base five two one one. Easy for you to say. Easy. Uh, number one, playing number two in number two's backyard. You can't make this stuff up. Good point. How about that? Talking about NC State playing UConn. You know, I'll say this too. Just in, in a general observation now at the end of the season where you can really now make some assessments, good or bad. Right. Uh, NC State had a sensational year. No question. Regular season winners, conference yep. tournament winners, number one overall seed. I mean, number one seed in, the, in their respective um, region. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, and Westmore's team was certainly good enough to win it all. No right? question. But the team that won it all. Pretty good. Was wire to wire. I yeah. mean, you know, Don Staley at South Carolina has got an incredible program. They win their second national title. And at the end of the day, I know state fans are like, man, if we had a shot. Again, if's the biggest word in sports. But at the end of the day, I think in women's basketball, yeah. I think the best team won. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I I do. And I, I'm, I'm going to offer – And it's some- no knock on Louisville. It's no knock <laughs> no, no. on NC State no, no. or UConn or anybody else. I mean, it's why we play. We do keep score. And, and let me say this, too. We've become accustomed to seeing young stars develop in women's sports. And I happened to see uh, an interview Monday night with Kevin Nagandi on SportsCenter with Aaliyah Boston of South Carolina. She's a star. She is a delightful young lady. Yeah, totally agree. And, and I would say this, for all the stars that have emerged in women's sports, and they are numerous and they are all terrific, Aaliyah Boston is a star and should be congratulated for what she's doing not only on the floor, but her great personality off the floor. Just tremendous. I, I really enjoyed. I had not heard her talk at length. Kevin did a great job with the interview, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her and happy for South Carolina. I'm disappointed the ACC didn't win, but she's a terrific, terrific player and plays for a great coach. One hundred percent agree on everything yep. you just said. And the other thing too, uh, from a women's sports perspective, there are so many untapped stars in all these. Well, we're not just women's basketball, but um, okay. like I said, I think the ladies do a great. I mean, every how many times do we have a student athlete on here? Oh yeah. And you sit back. We get done with the interview, even during the commercial break. We're like, man, she was awesome. She yeah. was great. Yep. Great personality. So I think the ladies are literally just scratching the surface from go. an NIL standpoint and big picture mainstream yeah. stardom, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I agree. All right, a couple more tweets here, and then we got calls on the other side back. Folks want to chime in, visit with us about this. At BCD97, we finally beat Clemson. <laughs> Good heavens. Wait a uh, is this an NC State football tweet? No, no, no. It's a BC basketball tweet. Brevin Galloway's triple. And it, by the and way, that game and that game in particular went down 22, 23. 23, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. All right. At Beach Bum 
from the Washington Post, this guy. Then we got the we got the headline: Virginia Tech dominates Duke to claim first ACC title. That's their sentence. That's hey, that's all you need. Uh, you defined it to perfection. Yeah, I've said right. Got the hardware. There you go. Uh, so we'll get to more of your sentences on basketball. Uh, one sentence. By the way, hold your breath, kids, at the bottom of the hour, because Packer and Durham. And the Lumberjack uh, and Brian Ives, who technically qualifies as Lumberjack. He's not Lumberjack. really a Lumberjack. He's not? Not nah, yet? Okay. Nah, got some work to do. Um, we're going to make Masters picks. Yeah. It's part of our tradition. Captivating. It is a tradition. You get to pick one ACC golfer and one non-ACC That's golfer. It. You yeah. combine the scores, and somebody on Monday is wearing a green jacket right here. Uh, as we go to break, by the way, shout out to the Piedmont Triad Sports Club. Went you, up in a were you there yesterday? I was there. At Coach and Ty. I took the tie off. The Packer and Durham Podcast. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Wednesday. 844-SAY-ACCN. Believe it or not, we're going to take some phone calls today. Here we are. A number of them. And we do have Masters picks later on and a ton of guests, including a little golf. A little football, yeah. a little women's lacrosse. Yeah. That time of the year, we start transitioning to all kinds of stuff. A lot of pivoting. Yep. Uh, one little basketball news note <clears throat> from yesterday. We talked about Nolan Smith going to Louisville, right? Yesterday on the show. Reported by several. Not officially announced by the University of Louisville yet. <clears throat> yesterday afternoon, Mike Schrage submitted his resignation as the head men's basketball coach of the Elon Phoenix. That's your boys. That's your school. It is. You upset about that? I, I wish Mike and Amanda and their family very well because he's expected to join John Shire's staff. Yeah, but but more importantly for you. I have already. All the money that you send to that school, all the amount of time you spend at that institution speaking to young people now to that, better yes, them. That. Now there's a job of <clears throat> just who do you believe would be a good fit I'm for I'm looking at Seth Greenberg. Excuse me? <laughs> really? I figure here's the deal. Let me ask you this. Wait a minute. Wait, is this a hot take? Or are you, are you giving me some inside info? I, I, or is this you know, a, here's the deal. Or you got pom poms in hand making that statement or not? Let me ask you this. Are you being serious? Let me. Am I being serious? Yeah. Well, here's my here's my motive. All right. We're four years into your steak dinner bet. Right. If sure. we get Seth, if Seth is the new coach at Elon, I mean, prove it. Two time ACC coach of the year. Right. Yeah. He's. Had a chance to regenerate, re-energize, do a lot of television. He's got an outstanding ops guy already in his holster, apparently. Okay? So here's my question. Do you think we got a chance to get your steak dinner bet paid off if he gets the Elon job? Because he'll be within 90 minutes of this place. I'll give you two letters. What's that? N-O. No. No. <laughs> no? I don't think he's ever going to pay off the bet. Right. Then maybe he's not our guy. Well, he's not. No. Don't go our guy. It's your school. It's your institution. You could be feet on the floor at Shar Center. Greenberg gets a job. I don't want to be feet anywhere but in the basement. That's a, I know my role. Okay. All right. Every now and then, ESPN <sighs> will allow us to go somewhere, whether it be Brooklyn for eight hours, New Orleans for a weekend, <clears throat> Raleigh for an afternoon. All right. For the most part, we stay right. So you're here. saying Greenberg? No. I'm not. No. It, no. 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 Don't misread what I said. It, you're, it's your institution. If you want to start a hot rumor. That Seth Greenberg should be the man. Well, man, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Dave Blank, the athletics director, or you know, Doctor Book, the president, needs any outside influence. They think they're fine. 
Let me double check on the number of appearances he's had on the program. Who, Greenberg? 47. 47, yeah. So if he takes the Elon gig, assuming he was ever offered it, yeah. uh, I think it stays at 47. Yeah, it would. Because we'd have no, well, that's not necessarily true. Because Elon, you guys accept a number of checks from ACC institutions Absolutely. to get smoked. What about if Elon goes over there and tangles with Duke and John Shire? That would be a loss. Okay, all right. E L O N Elon. <laughs> all right, let's get to your calls. Eight four four say ACC in one sentence to describe your team's basketball season. Greenberg's gonna be loving all this. Well, uh, his name's in the hunt, apparently. Uh, yeah, I just put it in. Bruce in South Carolina, you're first with Packer and Durham. Yes, sir. Clemson paddling upstream. Paddling upstream. Paddling upstream. I like the finish. Some of the dips in the middle are probably a little tougher than they wanted. I think that's probably an accurate description, though. Paddling upstream. Paddling upstream. By the way, Alamir Dawes into the transfer portal yesterday. With with two oars. Yeah, maybe. Paddling upstream. I think next year's a big year for uh yeah, I, Brownell. Would I, you agree? I think the ACC, I think this is the second time we've really seen the transfer portal play a role in basketball. No question. In this league. And I think it, it now do coaches understand kind of the gravity of building that roster and maintaining and what does that look like? I think the aggressive nature of what Steve Forbes was able to do, I'm not saying everybody's going to be that way, but in talking to some assistants, I talked to a couple coaches last night who were talking about the transitive nature of the roster and how the portal is a much more volatile piece this year in terms of schools going in because they really know what to expect last year. And then the numbers just stacked up. And now all of a sudden the portal we go in and how much of that roster can you create out of the transfer portal. You better be able to figure it out, though, because I, if you no if question. you say, ah, I'm not going to pl- play the transfer portal game, uh, you're in deep trouble. Right. You just got passed. Chuck in North Carolina next. Hey, Chuck. Hey. How's it going? Good morning. Good, Good morning. man. How are you? Hey, what's up? Hey, I- I'm with Packer. Look, I got one word for my beloved Tall Heel. Guts. Guts. All season, guts. Pure guts. All right. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it. I like that call, too, because that's exactly what you got from that team. And that was the one thing that was missing early, right? We talked about, man, Carolina's soft. They get punched. They don't punch back. Look how they developed as the year went on, much less when it really mattered when you got to Cameron Indoor early March, when you got into the NCAA tournament. That team had nothing but guts and character. I thought, uh, again, I thought Hubert did a tremendous job improving a really talented team as the year went on. Yeah. No question. Uh, Sims in North Carolina. Sims, good morning. Hey, I might have missed the whole point of this call, but uh, my deal is I am so proud of what the ACC put on the floor in the women's and men's NCAA tournaments. I can't express that enough. Huge UVA fan, but extremely proud of what they did. That, That works. I mentioned yesterday the ACC went they combined 26 and 13 in both the men's and women's tournament in the NCAA tournament. Um, that's impressive. Yeah. I don't care who you are. 26 up, 13 down. Uh, I think the Big 12 was the next closest to 22 and 11 right. in that department. And you can do the math, Wes. But uh, obviously the end game is to cut down nets. Kansas was able to do that on the men's side. That's the one thing we missed. A championship. As a championship. Yeah. But, boy, the runs by Louisville and NC State on the women's side and 
Uh, Duke and North Carolina on the men's side and Miami getting to the Elite Eight for the very first time. It was a great month of March. I'm with you on that. All right. Um, Will and North Carolina going to get us to break. Will, good morning. Um, well, hey, guys, good morning. Good morning. Um, don't, don't get this twisted. And, I mean, what I'm about to say is what I've – I'm finally able to talk about it with my close, deep friends. But I'm glad the pressure of the season's over, and I'm glad Kay can enjoy his retirement. But um, Theo John – should have not started the second half. It's do or die. I mean, I I love Coach K. Don't get this. Don't get me wrong, but something just felt odd to me about the that game. I I don't know what it was, and but um, Mark shouldn't have come in with uh, eight minutes to go or ten minutes to go left. It's do or die. He should have started the second half. Uh, burnt all of our timeouts. I, I don't know if it was the pressure or, or what, or if Mike wanted to let John lead or what, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm glad that the season's over with and Kay can ride off into the sunset, as he put it. I'm ready to see what John can do next year. So, All right. Thanks, Will. Uh, Will, may, uh, should we tell him about what Jay Williams said? Yeah. Jay Williams, yeah. Jay Williams says it. says there's a chance <laughs> that uh, Mike Shashevsky could unretire and pull old Tom Brady. Uh, no, that's I. Hey, I didn't say that. That's Jay Williams, part of the Brotherhood, made that statement. Can I? Can I offer? There's <clears throat> there's one person I'd like to hear comment on this before I invest in any of this. That'd be Mickey Shashevsky. That is exactly correct. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Right. I don't want to hear from Jay. I love all and respect all those guys. We've become I, I, friends with some of them. I don't even want to hear from Coach K. I don't even want to hear from Coach K. Mickey's running that show. One person. Yeah. That's all I need to hear. One person. Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Wednesday. What's the matter? What'd you do over there? I messed up our scoreboard. I just had to get the uh, updated total of 601 days shows. That's our lucky number today, 601. Okay. Um, the Masters. Have we been doing this every year? Yeah. We started this in 18, didn't we? Yeah, on radio. Wow. <clears throat> With Shane and Sam. Shane and Sam, we did every major golf championship. Yeah, we did. But on television, we've only concentrated on the Masters. The Masters. I've never won. You have not. You, you've been abysmal in this <laughs> golfing competition. Thank you so much. Um, so here's the goal. Uh, the four of us, Pac, Drew, H.B. Ives, and I will all pick one ACC participant and one qualifying professional player or amateur. One ACC guy and one non-ACC That's it. Guy. For this week's uh, Masters. So, here are the ACC participants at the 78th edition of the Masters. 86th. Or 86th edition of the Masters. 86th. 86th. Sorry. Uh, Daniel Berger, Stuart Sink, Lucas Glover, Austin Greaser, Brooks Kepka, Larry Mize, Georgia Tech champion, 
Stewart's uh, Webb Simpson, Cam Young, Will Zalatoris. There you go. Does that about cover it? I think so. All right, so we all have to pick at least one from that side. And once someone is selected, they are no longer available for other contestants. That's correct. So, so order is very important here. And has Chrissy Velez decided the order? She has. And so apparently she, Andrew Brooks. Chrissy has been bought off by everybody in Bristol. Andrew they, Brooks they, of they, Arizona State and Emerson College has drawn the first pick. It, the yeah, Masters. it was way cheaper than you thought it would be, too. Chrissy, we still love you. That's okay. By the way, who's sitting behind you guys today over your right shoulder, Brooks? Who's that? That would be John. John, John good morning. Good to have you with us. Appreciate it. Sorry you can't appear on air. These two are hogging it. All right, let's go. I don't know about hogging it. Um, I was really hoping Mark Packer would make the list this year, but uh, didn't get the invite. I have, the honestly, the easiest pick. I, I feel bad about it, um, but I'm going to take Brooks Kepka with the no. first pick. No, not Brooks Kepka. I'm stunned. No. Tell you what, I, I got to tell you, it's a great pick. Yeah, sure I mean, it's is. a no-brainer. Yeah. I, uh, I almost no feel bad about it. All right, next will be Tiger Woods, right? Uh, well, so Brian Ives gets to pick an ACC player, and then we'll snake it. I mean, you've done this thing 12 times. Um, yeah, Wes, do you remember, Wes, can, before we get to Ives, do you remember how we played this game? No. <laughs> it's now Ives' turn. And then yours and mine? Is, yeah. is Mark third and me fourth? Of course, since it's I was Chrissy. since I was DFL the last time. Well, it depends how much money do you have in your pocket, and do you know Chrissy's Venmo? It's it, it Chrissy makes the call. All right, so Ives is next somehow. Despite inside sources telling me Larry Mize is going to have a huge week, uh, I think I'm going to go with Daniel Berger, also a Florida State. Boy, Florida State, easy, easy calls on both of them. Yeah, I tell you what, if he doesn't get in an argument with his playing partners, he's going to be in good shape. Uh, you know, those are two solid picks. I don't know if you know if Chrissy would have liked us more, and we had a chance to go first. I think those would have been the first two picks. Okay, I do. All right, I think those are outstanding selections. Okay, two Florida State guys who can absolutely rock it this weekend. All right, who's no third doubt. here? Chrissy, your call. Who's third? I'm up. Says Chrissy. Uh, can I see the list of uh, ACC players again? Just one more time. So, Berger's off. Kepka is off. Uh, you know, as a former Clemson golfer, I should pick Lucas Glover. But you're not. I'm not. You know why? Because you got to be able to putt. you got to pick Stuart Sink. Uh, Stuart Sink last year was <laughs> outstanding. Local boy. You know what? Uh, I was either going to do that or Webb Simpson. Uh, I'll go Stuart Sink. I'll go old guy. I'll go Stuart Sink. I'll go with the guy that I think is going to make the cut. Keep me in contention. Big picture. Okay. So, Pack takes Stuart Sink. Nice. All right, Wes, it's your shot. Um, well, it leads me to take Webb Simpson. Uh, from here in Charlotte. Yep. Right? That's right. Lives here in the offseason. Good guy. Great guy, and Paul Tesori is on his bag. And I don't know that you know this, but yesterday, Paul Tesori won the skipper challenge on the 16th green among four caddies during the practice round. There you go. So, Paul Tesori, there's Paul right there, carrying the bag on the left. Good man. And uh, so, I'm taking Webb Simpson. All right. So, Zalatoris, who finished second last year, not picked. That's right. I mean, hey, we only got four guys. 
What do you want to talk about, Brooks? All right, so you had your chance. Here's how it goes. I get the first pick. Now it's reverse order. <laughs> West Durham with the non-ACC professional. You, everybody is fair game. Every Whoever you want, fair game. I'm trying to block as many of y'all as I am to pick a pro. And I can't pick two, which is a real problem. I'm going to take Victor Hovland. I'm taking Victor Hovland to win the Masters. That's all I got for you. How's that? Any comment from Bristol on that? Brooks? Um, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that he's not taking the ACC guy to actually win and Hovland to finish second. But uh, good pick. Not on my list. He would not have been one of my top four picks. Okay. All right. I got two. You're down to two? Uh, pick, down, pick one. I'm down to two. That's, it's one. Is it Tiger one. Woods and no, Tiger Woods? No, I know. I, you know who Brooks is picking. I, I know who Brooks wants. <laughs> yeah. So I, part of me wants to, and even I have no interest in the, in the guys that play. <laughs> I had, I had, let me just, in fact, I've just changed my mind all on how I'm going to do all this. All we're doing is trying to block Brooks, aren't we? Here's what we're going to do. Okay. Brooks is so into this. Yeah. He's got so much ride, money riding on this week. I don't care who wins. I, I simply don't care. You just who wins want to play in the rain and wind. I, I hope, yeah. I hope the conditions are brutal. That's what I hope. Yeah. So I, I really think that JT is going to win it. Justin Thomas. But I'm not picking him. Okay. Out of spite. You're going to take Tiger Woods? No. Oh. Tiger Woods ain't going to make the cut. Out of spite. Cam Smith. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, and I, I listen. I'm not sure if Cam. That Smith, was my other pick. I couldn't decide between that Hallman was or Cam so Smith. rude, Pack. <laughs> so rude. I am not sure that if Cam Smith came to my front door, yeah. and knocked on the door or did. rang the doorbell, and he wasn't wearing his Foot Joy hat or whatever sponsorship with he his has, flow? whatever with this one, I'd go, "Yeah, can I help you?" I, I'm not sure I even know who he is <laughs> until he spoke Aussie, right? <laughs> and he went, "Oh, that's Cam Smith." Right. So I'm just taking him only because it's going to drive Brooks nuts. It just did. I, I'm not even picking it to win, and if he wins, hey, whatever, there whatever you makes you happy. Yeah. But so I'm going to do that. There you go. I think right. was, that win. was rude. Yeah, so Cam Smith for you, tied for tenth, tied for second, tied for fifth. Yeah. Four or three of the last four Masters. He's eighth in strokes gained approach. He's twenty-first in strokes gained uh, tee to green. He's third in strokes gained putting, and he's second in strokes gained overall. And he's not uh, yours. And he's, and he's not, not yours. yours. I cannot he's believe I have to root against him. Mine. Yeah. Good pick, Pack. Go. Good pick. Ives, good job. I'll Way to go, Ives. Ives, you've done great work here. I, uh, he did all that research, all that research by Brooks, and <laughs> just out the window. <laughs> so rude. All right, go uh, ahead. Well, thank you, Pac, because I'll just slide right in and draft Justin Thomas. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> and let me tell you something, Brods, I hope you win, man, because I think he's going to win the tournament. Yeah. I do. Oh, that was funny. Okay, Brooks, who you got? Who you hey, gonna Brooks. pick up now, Brooks? Hey, go jump on that Tiger bandwagon. How's that You're Tiger bandwagon looking, Brooks? Come on, come on, Brooks. You've been updating us for ten days every morning before the show starts. Pack. on Tiger. He's gonna play. Hey, Pack. Pack. He's gonna I'm, play. I'm tracking his plane. It yeah. just left Florida. I, I mean, think he's heading on. to Augusta. Go ahead, big man. Tiger come on, Woods let's is go, all Tiger yours. Woods. Let's go. Get it all come on, Brooks. Brooks. I'm not picking Tiger. Oh, hey, can't do it. He's he's put his foot joys in the locker. He's brought his Nikes back out. <laughs> cares? Come on, what are we doing, Brooks? I, I heard that Wes actually went out and bought those foot joys yesterday after he saw him. Dude, them. I didn't buy one. I bought two. <laughs> Black and white, smart. Yeah. 
there's really only one choice for me. Um, he was going to be my fourth pick, um, but you guys left three and four. I want to take Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to do it. His brother does play in the ACC. Yeah, We're does. going with Arizona State's John Rom. That's a good pick, too. That's a good pick. All right. All right. Well, I hope he doesn't win. I hope he doesn't win either. Oh, he's we have he's to five for five and five starts at Augusta, and he's only had four straight top tens. So uh, Yeah, he's he's a good pick. All right. Good I job. Love it. That's why I love this game. You know what? It's it's not a matter if you win. I just want to make sure that yeah. the other competition is miserable. That's it. Rude. That's, yeah, it is. That's all it is. All right. Uh, we'll get the folks at social to put this out there so you, too, can make fun of us on yeah. social media along the way. More bad picks. Yeah. You, can, you expect that from us. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. On a Wednesday, 844-SAY-ACCN. We'll get back to more of your phone calls coming up here momentarily. Masters picks are in. We'll talk a little Masters later on. But like I said, we got some football today, some women's lacrosse. We've got basketball news, a little bit of everything on today's show. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls, too. I know a lot of folks are stacked up to talk about your ACC team season in one sentence or one word. We'll do that coming up here in a few minutes. But we didn't want to let this one slip. Uh, New Orleans in the fi- the final four periods always an interesting kind of time for media offers because the games become kind of static. What happens is somebody from the media will ask a question as it relates to the bigger picture of college basketball, or the bigger picture at the CFP of college football, right? And when you get a Mike Shashevsky, a Nick Saban, a Dabo Sweeney to talk to you about the structure of the sport, I always think it's interesting, don't you? Yeah, because you get a true front row perspective. Well, no question. this happened in New Orleans, and it happened on Thursday, and it happened on Friday, but here is Mike Krzyzewski, unfiltered and very raw about the NCAA in college basketball. You know, one thing before answering anything, I, would, I don't know how, if I'll ever get a chance to – talk to all of you again uh, not that I'm thinking negatively about tomorrow but uh, uh, I want to clear up one thing uh, yesterday I said uh, about the NCAA yeah I think we're all frustrated and uh, that's good because if you're frustrated it means you, you know then all constituents want change the thing that I would recommend is that this is a transformational time for college athletics. When you transform, the main thing you transform is structure, you know, organization. The structure we have right now does not work. And so if the transformational committee is geared, I hear these things that they're coming out with all the compliance stuff, that should come after structure. It, it's, and I would take a look at the organization who's on that transformational committee. I, would, I, I think there are more compliance people on it. Nothing against compliance people. That's part of what we do. This is a time not to look at nits and bits. It's a, look, it's a time to look at the whole thing. It's a time to look at and see if do you do something like football and they're under one roof? Do you organize men's and women's basketball under another roof? Do you do that in different segments of the NCAA? Do you have different houses 
not try to put everyone in one house? Do you uh, have leadership groups for each of those houses? Do they have the, the autonomy then to handle situations at that level that never gets to the big house? Do you then at different times meet together to see what things are happening in all these houses that help everybody? And we're not being like you're being pushed away if we're not looking at you a certain way. Uh, give autonomy to different groups and then bring it all together. It's time to come up with an organization that has not been able to adapt. And so this time is to catch up on all the things we didn't adapt to, but to form an organization that can be, that can anticipate change, can forward look and say these things might happen. Do you have a lobbying group with Congress? Do you, you know, do you establish relationships that are one-on-one -on -one and are not committee-oriented? Like, who does the NBA talk to in basketball for us? They don't know. I mean, I know Adam Silver better than anyone on the NCAA. So who is the Mary, Joe, or whoever it is that spends the whole year? In other words, you have to have these houses that are looking at what's happening in your house on a day-to-day -day basis that has a feel for the constituents that are in that house. And so that you bring, you represent them in a way that is fair and it's an ad adaptive and we stay ahead of it. That's what I would like. And it has to start with structure. It has got to start, if we don't do it with structure, you're just trying to do the same thing in the same house. I don't understand, I, it's crazy to me. And I'm getting out of it, but it's crazy to me. As a leader, it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. If we don't do it that, and I don't care how you do it, but you got, you got to look at structure and organization. And shared leadership, shared leadership. It shouldn't go up, and little things then go up. You, you know what I mean? To, they shouldn't go up, they should be handled. It's like an army. A squad leader takes care of what's happening in the squad, a company commander takes care of what's, you know, the general doesn't take care of all those things. Because then that general is covered with minutia. That's not minutia at the squad level because it could end up being something big. Anyway, I hope I make a little bit of sense, but anyway, so I'm not blasting anybody. I'm, I'm saying, come on, you know, do this the right way though. I, I don't see it, I don't see it happening that way. And the only way you do that is to understand the people on the ground. You have got to listen to the coaches of each of these sports. They represent the players, okay, and know what's happened. Otherwise, you have absent congressmen who never know what the hell's happening in their district. Anyway, I, that's my 40 years. I've heard that before. I mean, I, I mentioned it the other day doing the town hall for Sirius XM with Adam Silver and Mike Krzyzewski and uh, the same conversation, the same theme that uh, Kay talked about two years ago. And he's been beating his drum for a long time now. Uh, boy, I know the perfect guy for the gig. He was just speaking. Yes. 
I'm telling you, he's the perfect guy for the gig. Not only does right. he understand the college game inside and out, he understands the NBA and has the relationship through for uh, USA basketball, the NBA experiences, et cetera. The guy is perfect for the gig. Perfect. He is not only the most successful college basketball coach of our lifetime, right, in terms of wins and the, the landscape and things of that nature, the sport needs Mike Shashevsky now and his thinking and his action on this. More Maybe. than they needed him on the court. I, thank you. It's true. Because you know why? Because Mike Shashevsky understands all of basketball, not just the college game. He understands the pro game. He understands when he sits and talks about structure. Let me tell you that that's the. Here, here's the funny part about this, okay? <laughs> How long was this cut? Five minutes? Yeah. Four minutes? And not one time, not one time did he mention the National Collegiate Athletic Association or its president because he didn't have to. Do you know why? Because everybody knew who he was talking about. Well, we're in this position because of him. There's no need to mention it. That's correct. I, and I said this the other day, too. Roy Williams. I know Those two go, in particular? I know he wants to go play golf and hang out with the grandkids and all that stuff. He's deserved all the retirement that comes his way and having fun, like right. you saw him down in New Orleans. Um, he'd be a great fit, too. I mean, there's a lot of great, brilliant basketball minds that need to still be a part of the game that and, they help build. And I got, I got to tell you this, too. Uh, you know, Tom Izzo talked about the two guys – and what they've meant to the sport. We had people talk, Josh Pastner talked about those two guys. We've had all sorts of different um, people join us, and there have been other people talking in other interviews about, you know, Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski both being away from the sport yet connected to the sport. This is a critical, critical time. He just told you about not just basketball but all sports and activating coaches. It's the one thing the NCAA has never done is activate coaches. You get all these committees and all these other things, and no offense to ADs, but typically ADs aren't coaches anymore, right? They're not former coaches. Very rarely are former coaches moved into AD spots, especially at the Power Five level, right? I'm just saying. this, It is critical that Indianapolis wake up and listen to Mike Krzyzewski. Critical. And you know what Indianapolis will do? They'll turn and give you the membership. They love to throw the membership tab out there. Well, the the head of uh, the folks in Indianapolis are congratulating the Kansas City Jayhawks for winning the tournament. That's what they're doing. The Packer and Durham Podcast.